Welcome to another episode of Metal Mastermind. Co-founder, co-host here, Jason Stallworth, and also co-founder, co-host, the great... Ken Candelis. What up, my man? Dude, did you say this was a self-therapy session today? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it it kind of is. Uh, so guys, you know, Ken and I were always talking before the podcast, and I was telling him about a conversation I was having with myself. By the way, raise your hand if you talk to yourself a lot. Uh, those of you who raised your hand, hey, that's a good thing. I think that's actually healthy. It's where a lot of ideas spawn from, and you can be real honest with yourself and just dig deep and get to know you a little better. But in this conversation I have with myself, on the way home from the gym the other day, I got to thinking about your fans, people who support you. And guys, let me let me step back for just a moment. Even if you're not a full-time or even part-time musician, whatever you're doing in life, understand that this this carries over to really every aspect of life. Your fans, meaning the people that support you versus your critics. And what we want to talk about is who are you giving attention to? Even if it's not necessarily attention directed to that person, like a conversation or words exchange, but in your mind, who's renting space in your head? Is it your fans, the people support you, or is it the critics? So, Ken, you know, sometimes... Sometimes we make up stuff. There are critics in our life, right? There are critics. If you put a song out there or you do something, try to do something great, uh, put something out there, you're going to have critics. Those exist. But I think sometimes, and Ken, you can tell me if you've experienced this, that we will make up stuff in our head. We will make up critics in our head. Well, people are going to say this. They're going to say that. They're going to think that. And a lot of that stuff's not even true, but we just make it up and, and your mind will just kind of take off and run with that. Have you ever experienced that? Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> kind of sucks. Yeah, no, I, I sometimes, um, we kind of let the better, uh, part of ourselves go and we, we, we sort of focus on the negative of what people are telling us. And that's a, I think that's just a very natural response for us because we're socially, you know, um, you know, inclined beings. And so when we're talking about how we associate ourselves amongst the populace. I think that's just a very natural response for us to, to feel that way. Um, you know, I think, you know, it, it just, it's a matter of uh, how do you control how much of that you internalize versus what you let go. That can be, that can be hard. That can be tough. Yeah. And a lot of times I think again, you know, uh, even if like put the critics aside for a second, you're thinking about releasing this song or this album. And sometimes we can go through our heads because of the stuff we've been exposed to, the negativity, uh, maybe critics in our past, maybe even critics of others. Like you might have a, uh, you might have a favorite composer, Ken, but you've seen people criticize them, right? So we start, we start letting that stuff kind of seep in our head and we start thinking, well, this is what people are going to say. This is how they're going to criticize. And, and we just go down this really dark path that, doesn't even exist. Will you have critics? Sure. Maybe you will. Maybe you want. There's no rule that says you have to have critics, though. When you're putting stuff out there, you, you can usually bank on you're going to have some critics. Uh, if you don't have any, then you're probably not out there enough because people just love to, to bash and criticize. It makes them feel better, I guess, about maybe not pursuing their goals. <laughs> you know, well, I'm, I'm sitting here doing nothing. So, well, this person, they can't be doing something great. So let me just bash them. That'll make me feel better, you know, about not doing anything. Uh, but yeah, I, I find myself more than anything letting my mind wander into into what I think other people may think, uh, aka the critics. So I had to be careful of that, man. I had to be careful of that. 
uh, and one thing I've I've really tried to do a better job of, and I don't have a, I don't get a ton of negative comments. I don't I don't want to make it sound like I'm griping about negative comments or anything. Uh, Metal Mastermind Ken, we don't really we have a you guys are awesome by the way <laughs> you guys are <laughs> you guys total. are so you guys are so great to us um and i don't expect every comment on our youtube channel to be phenomenal i expect some some criticism and, and you know if it's if it's relevant and constructive uh and that's fine like i, I did a video the one video by the way real quick guys sorry to be all over the place but our youtube channel metal mastermind ken and i's channel well your channel it's not just ken and i's channel it's your channel uh we just hit ten thousand subscribers so thank you Woo. so much <laughs> <laughs> but there's I think I have something here for us right? yes dude yes um oh awesome there you go. <laughs> that's that's either the opening of champagne or a really cool seashell that you put up to your ear. <laughs> it kind of sounds like both. But the, there's one video that we put out on how to turn a metal riff into a song that it really just, for whatever reason, YouTube said, hey, I think people might like this. So it started putting in front of people's faces and boom, it took off. So that's really helped the channel grow. But of course, like I said, when you're really out there and more people are starting to hear and see your stuff, you're going to be open and subjected to criticism. And, you know, there's one part in there where I said, well, if you can, you know, you're playing in the key of E minor, we can play an F sharp here. And I'm just talking about a single note. And people are like, well, technically it's an F sharp diminished. You should know that. And it's like, okay, I, I, I get it, but that's not the concept of the video. And of course, you know, I'm sitting there thinking about the comments. And I find myself doing this on my own channel. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll just like stew in one negative comment. But you know, guys, what we really should be doing is we should not be giving attention to the negativity or at least not as much attention to that as we're giving attention to the people that support us. If you think about it, we only have so much energy. If you give energy to negativity, if you give energy to someone that's the quote unquote critic, well, you're now stealing energy away from what you could be given to the people that support you. So why would you waste energy on somebody that's criticizing you? Why would you waste that there when you could be giving that energy to the people that support you? Uh, in my eyes, and this is just kind of something I'm, I'm you know, waking up to more and more every day, the people that support me, the people that support Ken and Metal Mastermind and, and the things we do individually, those are the people that are worthy of the attention they're worthy right. they're supporting us man so why would you why would you take anything away from that so i'm starting to really uh mentally have a different mental approach to any type of criticism again i don't get a whole lot now you know ken you know you and i we're not rick beato we don't have you know three point something million subscribers i'm sure people with the millions of subs they, they get a lot of uh a lot of criticizing negativity and that sort of thing you know we're not we're not anywhere close to that yeah, it's uh, inherent even, with that kind of territory. It is, it is. But even then, you know, you, you never, rarely ever do you see these people, uh, the Ola Englands of the world, you know, they rarely do you ever see them giving any kind of attention to the criticizers. And, and I'm sure they have a lot of critics, right? But they, instead, they pour back into the people that support them by giving them the content that they want. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean, give, there's, also, there's also like the, uh, uh, the, the part of it where it's like, who is saying the criticize? Mm. uh comment you know like sure if it's just some troll under the bridge who's just you know trying to be gnarly at you yeah. i mean it makes 
yeah, it, you should not listen to these kinds of people, you know, even if they have, you know, um, you know, maybe they're not necessarily bad people. No one's necessarily saying that they're just maybe disgruntled about a, a particular thing. And they may be right about that thing, too. But is it is it really like what are the weight of the words that I'm hearing come from this person? Like what kind of, of, of influence does this person have? that I should recognize in order to take it seriously um, versus, you know, if you had somebody who, uh, you know, for me, it was, for me, it was Mike, Mike Romeo. Uh, you know, that was, that was a criticism that I took with great care because I know the guy is an expert. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's how is the, the, the criticism formed and framed and, you know, the intention behind the criticism is it to help you in, in the best way, or is it just to be a pain in your butt? You know, like these kinds of uh, critiques, you, you gotta, you gotta weigh what's, what's important. Um, and you know, if it's, if it's going to be something that just takes away time and energy from you and you're going to, you're going to revel in that, it's not going to help you. Uh, so I totally understand where you're coming from. And, and, you know, when you get something like YouTube where there's so many strangers, um, who come and, and say these things, um, even if they're far and few between, it's like, well, give me a reason why I should listen. It's <laughs> a good point. You know, a very good point. Are you are you like this, you know, big name producer and you're really trying to help me? You you you're and I think it goes, you know, again to your point to further on that, uh, what is their intent behind their comment? Is it yeah. really to genuinely help you? I think Michael Romeo wanted to help Ken Candelis because you're friends with him and he wanted to see, you know, he wanted to give you some advice. And I think even if you hadn't taken his advice and went another direction, that would have been fine too. He probably still would have helped, right? But uh, his intent behind that was truly to help you. Whereas most people leaving negative, negative comments, they don't really care about helping you. That's not their intent, right? Right. Uh, so, I mean, what does it matter? And, you know, again, guys, this goes over to many aspects if not most all aspects of life you know you think about your job if, if those of you who are who are at a job you like your you like your gig so you want to move up right as you move up the chain and i encourage you to do that if you're at a job and this is what you like it's what you do you're passionate about it or at least you you semi enjoy it and it's where you see yourself staying uh, do move up i think it's a good thing to move up because why not right you you can you can build yourself up as a leader and then you have influence over others and you can help those people. You know, it's been said, I think uh, John C. Maxwell said this, a great leader develops other great leaders. So why not try to put yourself in that position and go for it? But as you go throughout that journey of moving up, you will have some naysayers. You will have people that think you're not worthy of that because they're not willing to do what you did. Right. So you're always going to have that and that the intent coming behind those criticisms, well, that intent's probably not going to be pure. That intent's probably not going to be to help you. So yeah. Ken, to your point, it, it does matter. It does matter who's providing that criticism. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I've, I've always loved the, the, the concept of uh, the five people around you. Right. And I, I think oh, yeah. it, it, it always, it always comes to, to things like that where, you know, the value that you're taking away from some of the people that are saying these things, 
um you know uh, do, if you if you feed into that you're just going to be more like them <laughs> i think <laughs> you know and you don't you don't want to become the troll right <laughs> you start growing uh, thick hairs on your arms and you're just like what's happening <laughs> yeah <And> then <laughs> so uh and you know i talked about this with my students as well um my students many times uh they struggle with self confidence and they kind of feed into um some of the comments that people say about their stuff and i tell them dude you you are where you need to be right now like the fact that you're here in my class means that you're you're trying to grow and uh you want to put your best foot forward and in order to do that you have to expose yourself and that's vulnerable so you know what you're doing is in part courageous because you have to get over the hump of uh, you being alone in your own room and nobody has to hear what you have because, you know, it's comfortable. Uh, when you put your stuff out there, even if it's in front of a classroom, never mind the internet, like you're going to have comments and critiques and people are going to express their thoughts and feelings about what you're doing. And sometimes it may not be what you want to hear. And uh, that's a fear, right? That's a fear of, of uh, letting go of, um, you know, letting letting the universe kind of just take that moment and you know expose your your your, your most vulnerable self. So, um, my students, I always tell them to you know, it's it's a skill, it's a it's a thing that you have to develop learning. You have to create your iron skin, um, and you know, always be you know a sponge to knowledge and wanting to absorb new things to grow and learn from. But you don't want to necessarily let people, you know, touch that soft underbelly um, of what it is that is your, 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 your either your ego or yourself. Uh, that part of you, you don't need to let it bash you uh, day in and day out. You can choose to ignore the things that don't serve you. And letting go of that is going to be so key for you to be able to move forward because then that puts less pressure on yourself because of you know what people think about you. Um, we never want to do that. Uh, that that can always be a detriment to our workflow. It can be a detriment to our creativity. Uh, you know your creativity really feeds off of energy, right? So if you're putting in negative energy into what you're doing, uh, it's going to feed off of that, and it may be demotivating. It may you know it may be a, an obstacle that stops you from really enjoying your process. Uh, so I always urge you guys to just, you know, let it be what it is. People are going to always have their thoughts and opinions. You're never going to please everybody. So just do what it is that you like to do, because really at the end of the day, and this is something like Rick Rubin has said uh, recently on certain podcasts, he was like, your art, um, the whole point of your art and what quality art means to you is that you're happy with it, not somebody else. <laughs> you have to really be happy with what you've created. So make the best thing that you can create because at the end of the day, it's yours. It's your legacy. It's your music, your messaging, your brand, whatever you want to call it. It's yours at the end of the day. And your opinion is really the only one that truly matters here. Because you're the one that gave birth to it. So 
always think about that. I love that uh, Rick Rubin. He's 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 a very philosophical producer. <laughs> well, I like your quote that you just you just came up with here. Ignore things that don't serve you. Just ignore it. You do have to build thick skin. You've got to have armor skin. And, you know, Ken, you mentioned another very important thing to this is that you have a choice to do that, guys. You know, no one is forcing you to harp on the negative comments, the negativity, the criticisms. No one's forcing you to do that, right? That's your choice to do that. You're making the conscious decision to stay in that mental space there. And a lot of people will allow potential criticism. Again, sometimes we drum up stuff in our own mind that's not even there. Uh, but sometimes we let that prevent us from from putting our art out there, or that song out there, or playing live in front of someone. You, you guys know, I encourage you, I don't care if you're a bedroom guitar player or, or you're in a full-fledged band, I think you should always perform in front of someone. Right. Even if you don't yep. think that you can sing, well, you know what? I'm going to tell you this. Do it anyway. How do you like that? <laughs> Just yeah. do it anyway. Don't worry about it. Right. Build that. Build that up. I believe musicians should be playing in front of people because it builds it builds a different skill. You know, Ken, you're uh, you've always been in bands. I've always played live and, and we can attest to that. that It's a completely different skill outside of just playing an instrument or just singing so we do it we encourage you guys to get out there and do it at whatever capacity even if it's just an open mic and that also helps build that i don't give a crap about what other people think that builds the confidence you're like okay i did this i can do it again second time is much easier third time even easier and then you know it goes on you just develop that skill and it's part of the confidence building process. But yeah, Ken, what you said is super important though. And, and hey, write this down somewhere and quote Ken Candelis on it or quote Metal Mastermind. Ignore the things that do not serve you. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, uh, uh, another student asked me this question about like, you know, Ken, like uh, uh, learning drums and, uh, you know, how, how long should I practice? That was his question. And I said, oh, that's a good question. I said, well, here's the thing, man, like these things are very subjective. Um, yeah. You practice really as long as you need to. <laughs> but what you practice is and the quality of the practice session is really where it's at. It's not about just how long you practice. Right. You know, you want to. And I, I always point people to Alfred Potter for these oh, yeah. sorts of things, because Alfred's such a an efficient uh, musician he really is he's like the yeah, most yeah. efficient economical musician i've ever met which is amazing um and his 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 degree of practicing is so methodical but it, it makes sense to me and uh you choose the thing that you're bad at he says you choose the thing that you're bad at and you you focus on that for you know a, a bit of time you know it could be it could be even 15 minutes to 30 minutes, right? You know, and that's what you focus on, what you're bad at. And then as soon as you start to feel like crap about it, then move on to something you're good at. <laughs> and then you do this cycle of, you know, building yourself up to then get the courage to do what's hard again. Um, and that's, I feel like in many ways, kind of what it's like to be, you know, a, a musician in, 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 as an indie artist, yeah. uh, doing something like social media, right? It's like, you're doing good, 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 good. Then the first time somebody says something bad about you, it kind of hurts. Cause it's like, oh man, like I've never got this response before and it feels bad. <laughs> right. 
But then you, you know, you, you wallow in it longer probably than you should. Then you get back on the horse, you do more content, people like it, like it, like it, like it. And then all of a sudden, another bam, another bad comment. And you're like, ah, oh, man, you know, but this one hurts just a little less because you kind of got over the first one. And now you start to see that there's a bit of a pattern that, you know, you're always going to make content and people are going to like, it, and then there's things that people are just not going to like. And that's just with the territory. And so I almost feel like overcoming struggle and overcoming trolls and all this kind of stuff, it kind of becomes a skill. <laughs> you, you, a just, skill. Yeah. you just kind of learn of how to dodge these bullets. And, you know, at the end of the day, you then become like Neo in the Matrix, where you're just kind of like letting these bullets fly by you slow motion. <laughs> it's just it, it's it's wild to me. But, um, you know, it's something that you learn to adapt with. And uh, when you start focusing on the people that really love your stuff and you, you know, the, the things that people are doing to help you, or in this case, when people, uh, you know, it, if you're a musician and you're trying to play with others, like, I think that is such a, an important aspect and you should try to play with people that are, are better than, you. um, that's what I love about, uh, like guys like in four trips ahead, my other band where I am really always constantly challenged by these guys they've been playing a lot longer than i have they're really skilled at what they do and they know so much uh content within their playing it's like man i gotta you know they'll play some old tune and i gotta i gotta kind of just get in on it and, and learn to adapt and improv a little bit um and we'll switch up styles here and there and we'll just have some fun but at the end of at the end of those sessions, I always feel really good because it's. I always felt like I was challenged to do something different or something new. And when we're writing new content, we're always trying to push the boundaries, and we feel tight as a group. Those kinds of things are are, are, are hard to come by. And when you you're with people that really care about your skill set, um, value that and treasure that um, because when you're in, you know, when you're in a band. Um, sometimes it can be very difficult to find people that really want to do music for the sake of music. Um, you know, and I, I've, I've experienced that myself too. So, uh, people, they, they think of it as a hangout rather than a, than a rehearsal. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and those, those kinds of, uh, or people that, that don't really, you know, ignore the things that don't serve you. Right. Uh, these sorts of people, they will just drain the energy. They're, they're dragging it out and it's not moving forward. And you feel like, you know, what are we doing here? Are we actually rehearsing? Are we spending six hours in rehearsal or are we just spending six hours in a room and only maybe an hour of rehearsal, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, those types of things, you gotta, you gotta be very, very careful and you got to listen to your gut as to what's going on and who are the people that are around me and you know if they're if they're the ones that are giving you critique about something should you really listen to them <laughs> you know um you know or should you go seeking another source resource too on how to improve what it is that you're creating someone who has more experience someone who has the best of intentions for you um, and who want, and, and maybe even wants to put in the work with you. Those, those are the people that you want to listen to. Um, you know, you know, Jay, I mean, like in, in, in your experience, um, you know, tell me a little bit about 
you, you're overcoming uh, in the early days of uh, when you were creating your YouTube channel. Uh, you want to you want to talk a little bit about how how that was like for you when you started receiving comments in the beginning, and then how you move forward from that. Yeah, that's, that was an interesting journey. And first of all, I didn't I didn't start YouTube as like a business, you know, just like hey, I'm going to put some cool videos up. I, this is back in 2010 when I started the channel, June 2010 to be exact. Um, what I'll tell you real quick though about critics, though, before we get into this part, is I love what Gary I think I think it's Gary V Gary Vaynerchuk said something to the effect of usually other people's opinion about you is their opinion about themselves. And when someone's putting you down, a lot of times it's just because they're having a hard time. They're not confident in what they're doing. And it's almost human nature to not want somebody else to do something great with their life if you're not doing something great with yours for whatever reason that you're not moving forward. So kind of put that in perspective. And maybe even instead of getting angry at the person throwing the darts at you, maybe feel sorry for them. It's like, man, that's, I, I hope they make it through whatever time they're going through because they must be going through a rough patch. They have very low self-esteem, very low confidence, uh, especially if they're saying nasty stuff. You know, there's a difference between criticism and, and just being a jerk, right? So kind of oh. change your perspective and like just feel sorry for those people. And then that way it allows you not to stew in that anger and you can just get over it and move on a lot quicker. Um, but yeah, the early days of YouTube, 2010, and the funny thing is my first video, dude, uh, was just me picking up my acoustic, pressing record on this little flip camera uh, and going to sit on the couch and just singing the song that I'd just written called Never Leave. And then I get up from the couch and turn the video off <laughs> and I uploaded it because I didn't really, you know, I didn't know anything about editing back in those days. That was my first YouTube video. Um, and then other videos after that, I, I don't really, yeah, I got some, some comments here and there, but I, I never really, I guess I didn't worry about them so much because I wasn't taking YouTube as serious as like, I'm just putting out some cool stuff. And, and I really learned early on to, to focus on the people that I was helping. You know, I so when I tell you what, guys, when I get a comment saying this video really helped me or this video uh, inspired me to pick up the guitar after 40 years, I laid it down when I was a teenager and, and I saw this video, you inspired me to pick it back up or to start practicing more or do whatever, or this video helped me get through this challenging part that I didn't know how to get through, but you explain it. Man, those comments mean the world to me. It literally gives me chill bumps when I read those. So I'm not perfect at this, but I've done a pretty decent job of really showing my gratitude towards the people that support what I do versus the negative comments. However, there are times when I'll read something and, and sometimes that comment will make you question yourself. It's like, man, should I even be doing this? You know, do, do I suck that bad? Is this really, and you just kind of have to smack your own self in the face, you know, kick your own rear ends. Like, look, get over it, man. Move on. This person does not have your best interest at heart. Their intent is, is not pure. And they could really care less about you. And I, I even went as far, Ken, and I don't recommend doing this, is to go in to the person's YouTube channel that made a negative comment. This is probably seven, eight, nine years ago. And just trying to see what other comments they made. And I guess the, the system was, the channel was a little bit different back then. YouTube's always changed things. I believe there's a time, though, where you could see what they commented on. You know, maybe it was another platform, can't remember if it was YouTube or something else, but I could see they had left just a, a buttload of negative comments on other people's videos. And 
I didn't need to do that, but it made me feel a little bit better. It's like, okay, well, this person's not, he doesn't, they don't care about you guys. That's, that's my point of this whole thing. Realize that the people making the, the criticism, they don't really care about you. They're probably criticizing 10 other people before and after you. So that's just the nature of that person or where they're at in their life. So just, just know that, just know that that's not a personal thing, right? It's just, it's a, that person thing. So you really can't change that, nor, nor should you try. So a lot of times I just leave it alone, you know, uh, sometimes I'll delete it. If it's really bad, I had to delete a comment the other day on a live stream. Uh, somebody said something really, really derogatory and I'm, I'm not going to get into it, but I just deleted it. And my other viewers saw it and was like, yeah, I'm glad you got rid of that person. We, we don't need that kind of stuff in here. You know, it's just not, it's not acceptable. So you have to, you have to know what you're willing to accept and what you're not. And it's okay to delete stuff. If it's something that's just bothering you, well, just get rid of it. You can do that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, on that note with uh, our community, that's why we have our community manager, Emily, and, you know, our moderator, Bryden. You know, we have a great crew that just helps our community just stay a positive force in this, you know, mission that we at Metal Mastermind have. Um, I totally get that. And, you know, it's like you said, it's, it's always like a reflection on that person. Um, and when you're talking about like, also like bringing value to people, I mean, like you, you're not going to solve everyone's problems, but there's usually, you know, one thing that you can do for somebody with your music or with your product or whatever it is. That's just the way the world works. And it's always a filtering process of going through the people that need what it is that you have versus the people that don't. And, you know, the people that don't need it, they may say some stuff, you know, that's just part of nature, part of the world, right? <laughs> so you're never going to avoid it. It's always going to be out there. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know, planets and, and asteroids, you know, they're going to be floating in there in space. Everything's fine. And all of a sudden an asteroid comes and it knocks them out for a little bit. But after that, it's fine. You know, they're still around. So you're going to be fine, too. You're, you just got to keep trucking, keep doing what you're doing. And always remember to continue to provide value. That's really the key thing about, you know, being a, a modern musician providing value for people in ways that they can walk away feeling, you know, happy and, and confident about themselves. Um, you know, here we want to do that for you and, and uplift the metal community to doing something more for themselves to make them uh, feel that, hey, that my music, it, it, it does matter. And it does. Your music needs to be heard by the world. You know, the only way that we find the next generation of great artists is by us taking that step forward and saying, I don't care about the naysayers. I want to do what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And this is how I'm going to do it. Um, you know, and we understand here that you guys, you know, may need some guidance on where to go, right? How to make that next step. And most of the time, that fear of not doing something or how people will judge you is because of your ignorance. So let go of your ignorance. Take the step to learn what you need to do in order to get to the next level so that you don't have to feel, uh, you know, this doubt, you know, eliminate as much doubt as possible. And you can do that just by, by spending the time, 
yes, it will take time. And that's the key element about all of this. It will take time. Just be confident, have faith. And the best faith you can put is in yourself. So I always, I, I just, I never, I never understood, you know, like uh, people saying um, like, oh, it's never going to happen because X, Y, and Z. And it's like, um, you know, you really get to decide that if you are saying X, Y, and Z, it's mostly because you're putting X, Y, and Z in front of you, uh, from be, you know, from preventing you to do it. So, um, and you know, I, I talk to you guys because like I, I this way, because in, in some ways, you know, I talk to myself trying to try to get myself to be, always be on, on the path, you know, don't stray, don't stray from the path, follow your North. Those, those things that my father used to tell me. Um, you know, when I was on the stoop in my, uh, in my apartment, um, it, it was, uh, as a, as a late, you know, teenager, it was, uh, really important for me to hear those words, um, because my father knew that it was going to be a road that was hard, but it was self-serving and it was, it was going to be worth it. So, um, express the gratitude, you know, the gratitude for the people in your life. They're not going to be around uh all, all the time and you know luckily my father is still around even after you know having his own sickness but um i just you know remember that the value is in the people that matter and not in the people that just want to tear your stuff to shreds like <laughs> don't pay any mind to that they really don't matter so you know focus on what it is that you can do to make yourself better okay that's I, i'm speaking i'm speaking to my my, my younger self here when I say that, because I used to, I used to feel very impressionable about, about these sorts of things. So. Oh, I was um, too, man. I had low, I've told you guys, I've had low, super low self-confidence growing up. And I was, I was always kind of a smaller kid back in those days. And yeah. it just felt that everyone was a little bit better than me. And I don't know where that stemmed from. I had a, a, a good childhood, you know, we weren't, you know, we weren't dirt poor, but we certainly weren't, you know, we're probably lower middle class, like extreme blue collar family. We all worked very hard. Uh, you know, I started working manual jobs, you know, in, in my early teens. People would have a conniption over that these days, <laughs> but that's just the way it was, the way life was, you know what I mean? Uh, cutting grass right. and raking and stuff like that. But I just always, uh, I don't know if income had something to do with that or if it was other things, just always looked at myself as, as lesser. Um, and I think as a musician, even before you become a musician, you you you're, you're still a musician, I believe, guys. And, and Ken, I'd love to know your thoughts on this. But even before you pick up your first instrument and get into music, you were a musician all along. I truly believe that it was just this fire that was brewing inside. You never quite knew what that was, but when you picked up that drum set or guitar or started singing, you're like, okay, that's the thing that's been here. Now, on that note, I think I don't I don't want to you know, put us all in the same category because everyone's different. But I do think musicians in general, we tend to have a little bit stronger emotional side to us. So things might impact us a little greater and a little deeper, right? Because of that. Uh, and I think that if they didn't, we wouldn't be able to write such passionate music and such passionate lyrics. You know, it's kind of, kind of part of it. But, you know, you mentioned, Ken, earlier that it's our choice to decide what we focus on, to use our choice to give the naysayers the attention versus the people that support us. Uh, and we have a choice to control that emotion when it's necessary. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think the only thing that we don't choose is, uh, 
our our intuition and what what guides us you know <laughs> i think uh with you saying that about you know when you picked up that instrument that guitar that drum set that microphone and you you felt that moment of yeah this is something that's a part of me like something was awakened <laughs> oh yeah um yeah it's a it's a real thing man and uh i don't know it's it, I, it's how they how do they say it you know you feel it in the bones kind of thing right <laughs> you, you really do man you really do and uh, and that's just it guys so we, we really want you um to focus on more on the people that are supporting you uh the other folks they really don't deserve your time they don't deserve your energy so just just know that um do what do the best you can practice as much as you possibly can play as much as you possibly can uh and you're not looking for everybody to tell you you're awesome all the time that's not what we're talking about you know i mean if you've got people in your life i've had several mentors throughout my life and some today uh i i want their honesty you know if i'm messing up in some area of life whether it be my music or anywhere you know i i want them to let me know Hey, I have a wife that'll let me know too. Sometimes if I'm off track on something, you know, she'll, she'll look at me if I hit a sour note, she's like, hey, what was that? <laughs> so you, you want people that are going to be honest with you, but also have the, the proper intent for you to do well, that genuinely want to see you do well. Uh, if they don't have that intent, then their opinion really has no substance in your life at all. Because here's the thing about music. I'll, I'll tell you this about music. Can you, I know you'll agree with this, is that there's not a right and wrong way. Your music is just your music. And I think the last thing we need is for a musician to do things the right way or, or like someone tells you you should do them just so you can be heard and be in this category. I think we need a lot less than that. And more people out there taking a chance, doing something different, really pushing the envelope and just being creative, right? Not trying to make it like this or like that or like, or do it the right way like so-and-so says. I think we need more, more musicians out there just doing something different and it just has their own unique stamp on it. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, I, I hear it. And when we're in this moment of trying to figure out who we are um, and being impressionable, um, you know, you, you, you kind of take the words a little bit more to heart because you don't, you haven't built that confidence of who you are yet. Um, and early on, you know, and that's why we, 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 we want Metal Mastermind to sort of be a place for metal musicians to come and, and huddle together and say, hey, we're on the same team. Uh, we're all trying to, to build ourselves to be better at what we do. And we encourage each other to do the same. Um, I mean, for those of you who, who don't know, um, like Metal Mastermind started with me and Jason just keeping each other accountable. That's what it was. <laughs> it's just, hey, where are you at with your music? And I was, and he was like, hey, where are you at with your music? And yeah. we would just always meet, um, you know, I think it was just a weekly basis to say, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm planning on doing this. And then after a while, we were just like, you know, um, we keep doing these things. And our, our meetings were just called Metal Mastermind Sessions. <laughs> and we were like, let's just... Let's just turn this into a thing to help other people, because I think what we've been telling each other for, you know, the past several years is just that um, we need to share this information um, just as much as we needed the information ourselves. So and we knew that the metal community needed some help. And that's where Metal Mastermind 
LLC was born <laughs> and we just did this. And now we have a community of 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, which again, thanks so much for your support. Yeah, thank you and guys. we've got people here on Discord talking to each other every day. We've got participants. We've got over like 2,500 students in our courses now. It's kind of amazing what, um, what we built here. And that mission of always creating your own sound that we say at the end of every episode, it means so much when we see you guys help each other do exactly that. Um, you know, uh, just it's very heartwarming and it shows really why the metal community is such an amazing place to be. I've always felt that in the pit, you know, I was always, even though I was getting beat up, it was a beat up out of love. <laughs> I always felt like everybody in the pit would always take care of each other. If you fell down, they pick you up right away and you're on your way. So um, I think if I were to be in a Walmart on Black Friday, I would rather be around a bunch of metalheads than I would be around the regular populace. I don't know about you, man, but that's how I feel. <laughs> well, it, it would be Black Metal Friday, right? So <laughs> Black yeah. Metal Friday. So, dude, speaking of metal, do you have a song of the week, something that spoke to you this week, dude? Oh, let me see. I was listening to uh, Baroness, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, Last Word is the song, Baroness. Uh, very cool, very Mastodon kind of like uh, sound. Um, I was listening to them a bit this week. Um, I've also been listening to a little bit of uh, Impelitary. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I like I like the Eye of the Hurricane. <laughs> um and uh, just been kind of uh, I think another one was called Venom if I remember. Um but there were uh, yeah, a couple of tunes that you know, I I kind of reached into. I was pretty inspired by Impelitary when I was in my youth and um I liked his uh, you know, neoclassicism because I was on a Ingve oh, yeah. Malmsteen binge at one point when I was young, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of us go through that, man, and yeah. stay there sometimes too. I love, I love Ingve. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so uh, I just kind of re had a resurgence of some of that content for myself. It it it's a good time. And a lot of what people say you? Venom is like the first, uh, the first, like I guess black metal band, Venom. You know, back in back oh in the 80s, yeah, so. I guess some good stuff, dude. No, I always think Venom. I always think of uh, Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, Spider. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a I've got a really interesting track, and I, I don't know why I've never heard this because I'm an '80s kid. But it's a song called, and no, it's not the Johnny Cash song, but it's called "Ring of Fire." It's by Def Leppard, and I just heard it uh, on the way home from a gig uh, Saturday. I was coming home from a gig out in Bradenton, uh, and I just had some time just to kick back and listen to music. And uh, this song popped up on my iTunes station, and I'm like, how come I've never heard the song? But it's called Ring of Fire by Def Leppard. It was actually a bonus track on the Hysteria album released back in 1987. Well, Def Leppard released in 1993 the album compilation called Retroactive, and they included that song on that album as well. So I'm like, holy crap. Wait, I mean, it. I, mean, I love Hysteria. I know some people, you know, the hardcore metal people, some of those don't don't care for that that style or whatever, and and some do. You know, I kind of like a, a lot of different styles, but uh, I don't know. I, I love Def Leppard. I love Hysteria. That album means so much to me musically, but I'd never heard the song before. I'm like, and it doesn't sound like anything Def Leppard's ever done. 
which hence you know some bonus track i mean it's it's moving man it's 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 a little bit heavier and even the vocals are a bit you know heavier on that so i was just really surprised i'm like whoa why have i never heard this song before but yeah <laughs> cool tune cool tune didn't uh ghost like do a cover of a deaf leopard song I don't know, dude. I I haven't really ever listened to Ghost a whole lot. Um, yeah, and I'd like you, to go listen to them more because I know they're more of kind of like a more of a rock than they are. Yeah, metal. you know, you should check it out. It's called. Uh, they did the uh, Spillways. Okay. Okay. From from Def Leppard. Um, they. I love Ghost when they do these these covers. They actually make really good covers. They know what they're doing when they yeah, make okay. them. Um, they 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 also did another one from Army of Lovers called Crucified. That was such a great cover, man. Uh, you should you should check out some of them. They're, they're, yeah, I have to check that out, man. That's, that's, I've I've heard a little bit of their stuff, and for whatever reason, I didn't I didn't dislike them. I just didn't continue. I mean, there's so much music out there, and you know we oh. have so much uh, limited time. But I'll, I'll like if you mention it, I'll definitely listen to it. And I'm like, okay, well, this is cool. But guys, that wraps up another session for Metal Mastermind. Hey, head over to metalmastermind.com. Check out our courses for all rock and metal musicians. You know, we mentioned Alfred Potter earlier in the podcast. Uh, he has a course called Sweet Picking Master. And if you want to learn how to perform that technique, you know, we're talking about uh, Alfred's like just relentless practice schedule and his, his methodology behind the way he does that. Uh, you take this course, you will get really good at sweeping so t check that out sweep picking master and obviously we've got our other courses other guitar courses on there theory production mixing vocals all the good stuff and got a bass course coming out soon too so head over to metalmastermind.com guys check that out and as always until the next episode create your own sound